grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that's the basis for our sermon this morning is the gospel lesson that was read from Matthew chapter 3 just a few moments ago. This season that we find ourselves in is a season of anticipation, a season of waiting, of of looking forward to things. So what is it that you are anticipating today? Is it the joy of holiday gatherings? Maybe the twinkle of the lights in Candy Cane Lane. It might be Christmas morning worship. Maybe the presence, maybe it's time off from work or school to just have a little bit of downtime. Whatever it is, I know that each and every person gathered here today has something that they are anticipating, that they are looking forward to. And this idea of anticipation is something that is highlighted in the words and actions of John the Baptist as he is preaching by the Jordan River in the wilderness. Like us today, the once Israelites, now Jewish people, were living in anticipation. And when John comes into the public eye, he must have been a sight to behold, wearing garments of camel hair, held together with leather belts, eating locusts and honey. He certainly would have drawn a lot of inquisitive eyes. And what's more, he preached in the wilderness. And this is something that would have piqued the curiosity of the Jewish people. In his actions, they would hear echoes of God's word through Ezekiel and God's word through Hosea, being led into the wilderness, separated from the peoples and redeemed by God. They had been waiting in anticipation for so long. And all of the effects of living in this sin-sick and dying world had fallen on them. They were ready for the Messiah to come. And among those curious onlookers that were gathering in the wilderness at the Jordan were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in their minds, what John was preaching to the people was just downright offensive. I mean, they could trace their lineage all the way back to Abraham. They said to themselves, we're God's chosen people. And so the desire of their hearts was to see a Messiah come that would confirm their place by birthright and give them a premium seat in the kingdom of God. But to this, John chastises them, saying, well, God can raise up from these stones children for Abraham. This same group of people who thought that they were in by their birthright, would have also seen this gathering at the Jordan River. They would have seen this as a place of transition. Throughout their people's history, it had borne witness to significant changes. At the Jordan River, their people had transitioned from 40 years of wilderness wanderings into a land flowing with milk and honey, one promised to their ancestors. At the same Jordan River, the ministry of God through Elijah was ended, and here the ministry of Elisha began. And once again, 
In the verses just following this in Matthew's gospel, the people will witness yet another transition as Jesus is baptized by John in its waters. They were living in anticipation, gathering at the river. But gathering for what? In John's words, we find the answer. Where the Pharisees and the Sadducees had desired a confirmation, they found none. Their lineage, their piety was not sufficient to make them heirs of the kingdom, to make them children of the Most High God. Their reliance was on themselves rather than on God and on His action in their lives. And so they were living in anticipation and awaiting confirmation of their view of the kingdom of God and their view of their own place in it. The words of John, however, are repent. Repent. But not in the same way that we often think about the word repent. Instead, here, these words would have been heard in a sense of conversion, as if they were unbelievers. Something that would have been quite shocking, especially to the Pharisees and Sadducees gathered there. And I do think that most of the time we think of repentance as something that we do, and at times it is, to be fair. Empowered by the Holy Spirit at work in and through us, we're able to recognize our sinfulness and turn to God seeking His forgiveness. But in this context here, In our text for today, John's words about repentance are about God's action. About that sinner being moved from a place of unbelief to a place of faith in him. In his saving work. In fact, Reverend Dr. Jeff Gibbs writes this about Matthew's use of this verb for repent. In this context, it has the strong meaning of to be converted from unbelief to faith and not just this sense of turn away from sins and being forgiven and restored, which would would apply to believers as well as unbelievers. Reading through Matthew's gospel, he uses this verb similarly elsewhere. So there is a, a shift from this ethnic people of God, a transition to this people of God that are gathered together, that are bound together by faith in Him and His saving work. Those who had gathered, those who had waited in anticipation, they hadn't quite expected this. This wasn't the salvation, the redemption, the restoration that they had pictured for generations. But here it was. And John follows his word of repent with a statement of God's action. For the reign of heaven is near. The need for belief is urgent. And in a very real way, the reign of God was close in both time and space for those gathered. Jesus had taken on flesh and he was actually heading their way at the Jordan at this very time. In these words, we find that God was very active in carrying out his redemption plan on our behalf right here in our world. The incarnation, that birth of Jesus, 
was the inbreaking of the reign of God right here. And for the people in the wilderness near the Jordan, they had been looking forward to this Messiah. He hadn't been fully revealed to them yet. And so in these words from John, they rightly looked for a Redeemer. Though he didn't arrive as they thought he would. But he did still arrive. And he did complete the work of redemption for all people. But what about us? We sit here today with the knowledge of Christ Jesus, with the knowledge of his action on our behalf. We understand what his action means in our lives, and so we fix our eyes on him. Not looking for redemption, that's actually already been won for us. In the movie The Incredibles, if you've ever seen it, One of the main characters, Mr. Incredible, gets home from work. He pulls his car into the driveway and steps out. And there's a little boy sitting on the sidewalk on a big wheel trike right behind him, staring at him. To which he looks at him and says, What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is it holiday gatherings, lights, worship, presence, downtime. We live in anticipation, waiting, and our lives, the time in which we wait, just happen to be occurring right smack in the middle of a transitional period. In Christ Jesus, the reign of God has already broken into this world, and upon his return, it will be fully realized. Our redemption is already complete in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. And that means that the completion of this period of transition, it will see us move into a period of unending joy. An eternal period in the presence of God for you, for me, for all believers in Christ Jesus. So what exactly is it that you are anticipating? As forgiven children of God, our anticipation should be for his return. For all the sorrows, all the pain, all the sickness, all of the death of sin in this world to be forgotten. For a life in a restored creation at the wedding feast of the Lamb. In response to Mr. Incredible's question of, what are you waiting for? This little boy sitting on the big wheel looked up at him and replied, I don't know, something amazing. We know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the amazing things that we are waiting for. The return of Christ will be the most amazing thing to happen in all of creation since his resurrection. And so this Advent season, let's meditate together on the reality of our salvation. That as God's forgiven people, we have hope. We have a future with him for eternity. 
together. Let our anticipation be for his return, his swift return to us. And in response to those who ask you what you are waiting for, say, I'm waiting for the return of the king. Something truly amazing. Amen. And now, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.